welcome to Tabernacle of Praise, Church International, York, South Carolina. This is the first night of Holy Convocation 2022, and we are excited about what the Lord is going to do in our midst in this year. We thank the Lord for this time together. Every year since the inception of this ministry, we begin the year with Holy Convocation, a time that we set aside to consecrate ourselves uh, to spend time in fasting and praying and in the word of the Lord so that we can hear more clearly at the beginning of the year the things that the Lord has set for us to do in 2000 and each year, but this year in 2022. Uh, so we thank the Lord for this time together uh, tonight, tomorrow night, and Thursday night. Our theme for 2022 is completing the task. And you may ask what task is there for us to complete? Well, there are several aspects of this theme because as the Lord was speaking to me, he dealt with me about things that we have started but have not completed that needs to be completed and that we should have the mindset of being completers. But far beyond that, as the Apostle Paul talks about in our screen and our theme scripture, excuse me, um, as he talks about counting his life as nothing to him, except that he might uh, go to Jerusalem and except that he might testify to the gospel of God's grace, uh, finish his race and complete his task, which is that of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. Uh, and in that, as Paul talked about finishing the race and completing his task, as we discovered in the message on yesterday, that has to do not with just ending something, but doing it in a spirit of excellence. So as Paul talks about uh, the commitment that he has in the, to finish his race, to complete his task, more importantly for us, uh, and, and this theme for this year, uh, it speaks to us. Uh, with the manner of service that we will give to the Lord in completing the things that he has assigned for us to do. Now, along with completing the task, we have to hear testifying to the gospel of God's grace. Now, God has not sent us bound to Jerusalem uh, to, to, uh, as he sent Paul, but we have the commission. We have the responsibility of preaching this gospel to all nations. And Jesus said in Matthew 24 that um, um, the end will not come until the gospel of the kingdom has been preached in all nations as a witness, a preached or as a witness in all nations. So that is our responsibility. There are yet many people groups, last count, I believe 6,900 people groups in the world who've never heard the gospel. They don't have a missionary. They don't have a preacher. They don't have internet. They have no means of hearing the gospel of God's grace. So, <clears throat> excuse me, it is the responsibility of the church in this age and until Christ returns to continue to proclaim the gospel. And we must complete the task in our generation, what has been assigned in our hands to do. The church has to hear that there's work left for us to do, not just at home, because the gospel is being preached at home. We can get the gospel right here in America 24 hours a day, seven days a week by, via internet. There are churches everywhere. There's no hindrance to preaching the gospel in the United States of America. But there are those who are precious to the Lord, whose souls are precious to the Lord, who must have the opportunity in their own language, in their own nation, among their people groups, 
to hear the gospel of God's grace. So we're hearing the Lord say that we must complete the test. Our assignment is completing the test. So we welcome you to Holy Convocation. It's a time that we consecrate ourselves as we hear from the Lord. Tonight, one of our elders, Elder Warren Hoskins, is going to bring the word of the Lord. And we welcome you and invite you to please stay tuned and, and, and hear what the Lord has to say to him and through him. Our ministers and elders who will minister to us these three days have not been given, been given any specific instructions except to follow the theme. So we want to hear how God speaks and what God speaks through each one of them as it relates to us. And as we set our hearts to seek and to hear the Lord for 2022. Let's join in a word of prayer. So Father, thank you for this time together. Thank you for your anointing us upon our lives. Thank you for being the sovereign God, the almighty God. Thank you, Lord God, for the assignment that you've given to your body to complete in this generation. Use us for your glory. We invite your presence in our midst tonight. We just want you to be glorified. Speak to your manservant, Lord God, as he stands to proclaim your word tonight. Speak to the congregation. I pray that our hearts, our minds, our spirits will be open to all that you have to say to us this night. We thank you now. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Let's stay tuned and hear the word of the Lord coming through Elder Warren Hoskins. God bless you now. Our theme this year is, uh, is uh, completing the text. So I wanted to come from that theme, and I am coming from that theme tonight. Uh, but I want to, uh, the name of, 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 of this, uh, uh, give it a name, and it's uh, the path of completing the text. The path to completing the text, right? And as I said before, I want to, I want to start, first of all, by uh, setting protocol. I want to give honor to Bishop Alfred Jackson and to our First Lady, all our ministers and elders, uh, all the people of God, all to whom honor is due. And you, the people of God, we want to thank God for you tonight. We want to honor you in Jesus' name. Acts, Acts 2017, uh, we just read that. And from Elitus, he sent to Ephesus and called the elders to the church. And when they were come to him, he said to them, you know, from the first day that I came into Asia, after what manner I have been with you in all season, serving the Lord with all humility of mind and with many tears and temptation would befell me uh, by the line and weight of the Jews and how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you uh, but have showed you uh, and have taught you publicly and from house to house, testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greek, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. Listen to this. This is to clinch you. And now behold, I go bound in the spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me. Say that the Holy Ghost witnesses in every city, saying that bonds and affliction abide me. But none of these things move me, neither count I my, uh, my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy in the ministry which I have received of the Lord to testify the gospel of the grace of God. Now, uh, we want to, uh, what, what I'm going to focus on tonight 
is where Paul talked about he was going bound in spirit unto Jerusalem. All right. I want to also bring in another passage out of the book of, uh, of Revelation. Uh, starting at uh, chapter 2, starting at verse 2, down to verse 5. Now, uh, the Apostle Paul, when he got to, uh, uh, got to, uh, um, I think it was Miletus. When he got to Miletus, he called the elders, and he and these were the elders of the church of Ephesus, right? He spoke to them, and he talked about uh, if you read on in that, in that uh, chapter, he talked about how that after his departure, he knew that there were going to be different sects and different people rising up and drawing people after themselves, right? So in other words, there was going to be some false doctrine that was going to creep in. The Apostle Paul warned them about this. Listen to what Jesus said. I know your deeds, your labor, and your perseverance. I was in the church of, of, of Ephesus. I know that you cannot tolerate those who are evil and you have tested and exposed as liars those who falsely claim to be apostles. Without growing weary, you have persevered and endured many things for the sake of my name. But I have this against you. Now somebody may ask, Lord, with all this going on, you know, and, and, and we're standing strong, you have something against us. Listen to what Jesus had against them. Uh, you have abandoned your first love. Therefore, keep in mind how far you have fallen. Repent, perform the deeds uh, you did at first. Now, I want to come at this from two different directions. One, I want to talk about the deeds that we have left undone. That that's that mainly what we're focusing on this year, the deeds that we left undone. But then I want to talk about the ministries that we have yet to enter into because of fear and because of sometimes it's just being lazy. I'm not calling you lazy. I'm saying sometimes it's just being lazy uh, uh, or not having the passion or the desire. And a lot of times we will shrink back because of the persecution and because of the misunderstandings. We will shrink back and we will not go now, I want to say that. Let me first make it clear that there is no going to the next work until or the next assignment until the assignment that you are working on that God has given you. Until we complete that assignment, there is no going to the next assignment. Right? Think about it. If you hire somebody, would you give them another assignment if they have not finished the assignment that you gave them? That makes sense. So it's the same in the body of Christ. If we don't complete the assignment, there's no other, we're going to be stuck. There is no other assignment that will be given. Now, in referring to this text, we will see the sovereign hand of God on Paul's life and ministry, his determination to complete the ministry that Christ had given him. From the book of Revelation, we would take notice that Jesus said to the church at Ephesus, uh, 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 what Jesus said uh, uh, to the church of Ephesus and both of these texts will provide a picture of, uh, of the work left undone or the work that we have not done as I said before work that we must do we've got to have a passion we want to remember Paul talked about going back I want to show you 
uh, what Luke done in the book of Acts that was, you know, that we are missing a lot of times uh, uh, because he used a, a technique to show us to act. He, he, he brought a comparison, if you will, in a contract. And uh, we'll talk about that. It's a, uh, I just want to say in passing that uh, this is the same church that we talked about earlier uh, that Paul addressed in the 20th chapter of Acts. We were bringing the iron, you know, look at what I said, uh, uh, to convey the message about Paul's determination as recorded in Acts. We would also look at the important parallel uh, concerning what Luke wrote in Acts about Paul's ministry and his determination to complete the ministry. Where was he headed? To Jerusalem. We would draw a parallel to the ministry of Christ. Okay? Uh, you know, when these writers wrote, they wrote with a purpose in mind. And as we study, we have to look for what were they trying to tell us, right? What were they trying to say to us? Our theme this year, as I said before, is completing the task. Uh, a chance for us to reflect and consider the various tasks assigned to us as it refers to the upbuilding of the body of Christ and the kingdom of God, which is in the body, I mean, which the body of Christ is in. The body of Christ is in the kingdom. In our text, the apostle acknowledged uh, the uncertainty of the severity of the bondage and the affliction he would face in completing his purpose. Or completing his ministry, I'm sorry. Completing his course for ministry. Ministry he had received of the Lord. Uh, this is what Paul said, I have appeared, what Jesus told Paul, I have appeared to you for this purpose, listen to this, to appoint you as a servant and a witness to the things which you have seen and to those which I will appear to you, delivering you from your people and from the Gentiles to whom I am sending you, to open the eyes, to open their eyes so that they uh, may turn from darkness to light. And from the power of Satan to the power of God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. This was Paul's purpose. Jesus told him it was to send him to open the eyes of those who are in darkness that they may receive repentance, right? Now, Luke in his narration provides us with the information which seems to uh, uh, correlate or unite what Paul was doing when he was introduced in this chapter. We see in chapter 9, Paul had received letters from the high priest giving him authority to go to Damascus and to the synagogue to bind. There again, we see that word to bind and to bring in the disciple of Christ to Jerusalem. Right? He was to bind them and bring them back. And we will see Paul gave a little bit more information um, and, and, and some of the accounts he gave uh, uh, concerning, uh, you know, his, his, uh, his conversion. Uh, many times when he was testifying before the leaders, he gave us a little bit more, uh, more uh, information about what he did when he went into the synagogues. The account of Acts 9 does not give much information uh, of the affliction Paul endured or co-signed. Neither does it, it provide us with the details of the affliction that Paul himself uh, uh, inflicted on people. 
on the disciples of Christ. In Acts 22, 19, Paul himself said he imprisoned and beat the disciples. Right? He said that uh, in them he found in the synagogue. He would, uh, he would imprison them and he would beat them. And this is what he said. He said that he thought himself uh, uh, in himself that he ought to do many things contrary to the name of Jesus of Nazareth, which things uh, he said I also did in Jerusalem uh, and many of the saints he shut up in prison. He said, having received authority from the priest, and when uh, they were put to, put to death, I gave my voice against them. And I punished them all in every synagogue and compelled them to blaspheme. Right? Trying to get them to blaspheme. To renounce their faith. And being, being exceedingly mad, this is what I'm talking about, uh, against them, I persecuted them even unto strange cities. Paul was, he was trying to stump out this new movement that he uh, saw as uh, blasphemous. He was trying to stump it out. And he said, uh, I, want, I want to draw your attention to the word Luke used in Acts 9. And he used the same term again in Acts 20. In Acts 9, he carried uh, the disciples bound to Jerusalem. In Acts 20, he himself is now bound in spirit, determined to go to Jerusalem. The passage does not say that Paul was physically bound. Uh, but the word Luke used in both uh, in both passages is the same word. It is deho, meaning to bind, to fasten. It means uh, some some is to bind with chains, and some is to put under obligation. Okay, so we see here that the disciples that Paul took back to Jerusalem, they were physically bound. But the apostle Paul, he was put under obligation. He felt like, I mean, he, he just had to, 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 to complete the task that God had given him. So I think it's safe for us to say that Paul did not deviate from uh, the course of completing uh, his task because of the affliction that was waiting him. He said that the Holy Spirit had uh, testified in every city he would go to, it was been testified uh, that there was affliction and persecution, we had bondage and affliction that was awaiting him. It is ironic because these individuals were bound against their will, but they were willing to suffer by the name of Christ, to bear, his, to bear witness to the grace of God in Christ Jesus even to the point of being bound and being tormented, they were willing. Uh, here in chapter 20, uh, verse 22, we have the same term, as I said, that Paul used, I go bound in spirit. And just like those disciples, when Paul took them uh, 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 bound to Jerusalem, they didn't know what was awaiting them. When they got there, Paul did not know. He said that he didn't know what was awaiting him, except the Holy Spirit was testifying. Let me say this too before I go on. Many say, well, why didn't Paul not go? Because the Christians tried to get him not to go. And Paul told him, said, listen, you know, I'm paraphrasing this. Don't even, don't even worry yourself. I'm, you know, I'm ready to die. You know, I'm ready to be abundant even to die so that I may finish my course. But we notice that each time the Holy Spirit spoke, he never told Paul not to go. He just said what was going to happen is what we call a word of wisdom. 
telling him what's going to happen, uh, but he did not tell him not to go. Okay, I'm pretty sure if the Holy Spirit would have told Paul not to go, he wouldn't have gone. So it's almost parallel to Jesus knew what was going to happen in Jerusalem. He knew it, right? This is why I say that Luke draws a, 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 a paralyzation, if you will, to the ministry of, of Christ. Did not Christ know, know what was going to happen when he went to Jerusalem? Well, so did Paul. He, he, he knew he was going to be bound. He knew that, that, that he was uh, 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 he was going to be afflicted. He knew this, right? However, the Holy Spirit did not leave him ignorant, just like I just said. As a matter of fact, the Holy Spirit witnessed in every city. Jesus told us the same thing, right? You and I, he told us the same thing. In Matthew 16 and 2, Jesus warned the disciples, which we are part of, we're not part of the original uh, 12 or, and then the 70, but we are disciples of Christ today. Uh, Jesus warned the disciples that the time would come when they would put them out of the synagogue. He also said to them that whosoever kill you would think he's doing God's service. But look, you know, a lot of times when we're trying to finish or complete the task, it's the religious folks that's going to give us the problem. It's the ones who think they know and like you know, the uh, Apostle Paul say, that they neither know what they say or what they affirm, all right? But yet they're going to come after you. They're going to come after me because we are sticking to the purpose that God has given us in Christ Jesus, which is based upon truth. We can't allow ourselves to be deviated because of the persecution that's awaiting us. Persecution is waiting up, right? In this world, you will have tribulation, Jesus said. Be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. All that live godly in Christ Jesus, Paul said, will suffer persecution. Because So this is not the time for us to be myrtles, right? This is the time for us to man up, woman up, you know, so that we can get done what needs to be done, right? Knowing that we're going to suffer persecution, and some of it is going to come in from inside, all right? Leave it there. Paul did not uh, shrink back, or did not stick his head, I'm sorry, into the sand, hoping that uh, all would pass. No, he knew uh, his, uh, that his task of going to Jerusalem would end in bondage. Paul desired to go to Spain uh, after going to Rome. We have a record uh, of Paul making it to Rome, but not a record of him making it to uh, Spain. But some of the uh, church fathers says uh, that Paul made it to Spain. Now, how does this uh, 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 apply to you and I, you might ask? Uh, we all have a task to complete. We all have a ministry to complete. We all have giftings to use in the body of Christ. Just as Paul and, uh, Paul and one of the issues that, 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 that hinder us, it's, it's trying to presuppose what is going to happen on this journey. We don't know. We don't know. So we, 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 we can't allow uh, the fact that there is persecution awaiting us, that uh, and then when the persecution do arise and we shrink back, we can't allow that to deter us, right? Maybe some people left something undone because when you was trying to do it, you got criticized. You know, maybe someone who, who think, who may know how to do it, but they're not anointed to do it, uh, maybe they came against you. Maybe you felt like that your ideas wasn't as great as somebody else. 
But nevertheless, we have a we, we have a job, we have a ministry to complete. Right? We can't presuppose or to try to think ahead of what's going to happen. What happens, happens. We can't we cannot allow ourselves to uh, to 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 shrink back uh because things get a little rough. Uh, every now and then. Paul was taken captive while he was in the temple and in prison. However, you know, when Paul made it to Rome, let me, let me back up, when he made it to Rome, Paul had, he, because he, he, when he wrote the Romans, right, he wrote the, the epistle to the Romans, uh, he told them he wanted to come to them. But Paul never <laughs> thought that he would be going to them in chains. Right? He never thought it would be the way, it would be by the way that it came. But the way it came I don't want to get ahead of myself. I want to show you something. However, he had the opportunity to testify. Now, he went to the, uh, uh, he was in prison in Jerusalem, right? And he had the opportunity to testify to various councils and to various rulers. He was still working on completing the course. Acts 21, 37, 22. He, said he testified to the chief captain and the soldiers that had taken him captive in the temple. In chapter 23, he gave testimony to the high priest in at least half of the uh, of the Sanhedrin court. Next, in chapter 24, he witnessed to Felix, the governor, and Drusilla, his wife. In chapter 25, he bore witness to Festus. Next, he appealed to Caesar, after which King Agrippa and his wife Bernice, when they came to uh, 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 Caesarea to visit Felix, and they heard Paul's testimony. Finally, he uh, was sent to, to Italy to appear before Caesar. Here I must point out that Paul wanted to go to Rome, like we said before, uh, but he had no idea it would be by the way that it happened. See, I'm saying, trying to presuppose the way it's going to happen. We can't do that because the Apostle Paul, uh, East, uh, the Jews were trying to uh, you know, they were, they were hoping to get money, and uh, 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 in the essence, they were just playing around, if you will, you know, with Paul, you know, because they would, uh, the, the people uh, like, you know, if they dealt with them roughly and things of this sort, so they've done things just to satisfy the people. Well, eventually, Paul appealed to Caesar. He on his way to Rome, right? He's on his way to Rome. And he suffered shipwreck. See? There again, you don't know what's, what's awaiting you. He suffered shipwreck where all of them should have died. If you read the account, the boat was broken up in pieces. And they came, uh, uh, and God told Paul that none of them would die, and all of them were saved, but they came in on broken pieces, right? They should have died, but you can't die. Death can't take you until you finish your task. Amen. As long as you got the heart to finish, I believe the Lord will protect us uh, regardless of what comes. Uh, he was delivered unto a soldier, uh, uh, Acts 28 tells us, and he, he dwelt in a, a house for two whole years, in a hired house, and listen to this, the soldier allowed him to have company, right? People could come and they could go. Paul, he was preaching the kingdom of God and teaching those uh, things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence, no man forbidding him. Look at God. You know, <laughs> Luke does not conclude Acts with the death of Paul, but with the gospel of Christ continuing to go forth. 
This is why some believe that he made it to Spain. Paul referred to himself as bound in spirit, as we said before, to complete the ministry God had entrusted to him. Now, another question arises. What are some of the lessons we can learn uh, from Luke's account of Paul's ministry? Bound in spirit. His purpose. He, he had willingly bound himself to God. It wasn't that the Holy Spirit uh, uh, so much, you know, just, uh, uh, you know, he, he, he felt like if he didn't go, he would explode. No, no, no. He has such compassion, such love for Christ that he was bound. It was a love relationship. He was bound in spirit to go. He wanted to go. He, just not to be abundant, not to be afflicted. He wanted to go and to be in Jerusalem, first of all, for Pentecost. But you know Paul wasn't going to go just to celebrate Pentecost. He was going to go there, and he was going to go to the synagogue. Everybody know that, right? Everybody know that. He was going to go to the synagogue. So, uh, 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 and then he told the people at Ephesus he would not see their face anymore because he was on his way to Spain. But he was going to go through Rome to get to Spain. But look how God worked. The prophets have uh, spoken to Paul on, on each occasion, as I said before, uh, did not forbid him to go. Uh, one may reach, uh, uh, you know, the conclusion, you know, that, you know, Luke tried to give a historical account. No, no. He tried, he was showing us the sovereignty of God. He was showing us, if you look at it, the Apostle Paul, the same one, that were bound to Christians, take them to Jerusalem, and he would afflict them. They didn't know what was going to happen. Luke used that same word to describe what was happening to Paul, but it wasn't against his will. It was he was willing to go, but he felt bound, just like he was bound to no Christian. Taking him to Jerusalem, he was bound in spirit to go to Jerusalem. Jesus set his head like a flint to go to Jerusalem. Right? Now I don't want to dwell too much on Jerusalem, but uh, something is to be said about that. Now, I'm not trying to put Paul on the same pedestal, on the same level with Jesus Christ. I'm not trying to do that. But what I am saying, there's something we can learn from the Apostle Paul because he, like you and I, was a human being that was gifted and anointed to do the work of God. All right? This is what Paul said. He said that for this reason that God had raised him up. And, and, and I'm, I'm, let, me, let me stop there for a second because I'm going to read it. I want you to hear what he said. I want to say there's several other lessons we can gain from Paul's determination to complete the task. He trusted the purpose uh, in the will of God for his life. First and foremost, we see in Paul that godliness is the first step on the road to completing our task. Luke stated in Acts 23 and verse 1 that Paul looked directly at the Sanhedrin court and said, Brothers, I have conducted myself before God in all good conscience to this day. In Acts 24, 16, he said, Here do I exercise myself to have a conscious void of offense toward God and toward men. So he lived so he would not, uh, so his conscience would be clean. Uh, in one place, I'm, I'm, I'm reminded where he talked about faith out of a pure conscience. Right? 
It's difficult for us to have faith when our conscience is dirty. I'm going to leave that right there. He was very aware of God's purpose for his life. For one, he said in 1 Timothy 1.16, for, uh, for, for this very reason, I was shown mercy so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his uh, uh, immense patience as an example for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. He availed himself to God to be worked on. He allowed no sin to prevent him from fulfilling God's purpose. All right? Paul knew for what purpose God had saved him. He knew that because he was he, he saw himself as a wretched sinner. And God saved him to use him as an example for you and I to look at. We see in Philippians 3.12, although he had, he had been saved many years, he was aware of the fact that he himself had not attained uh, to that man in Christ Jesus, saying, uh, it is not that though uh, I had already attained, lambano, which is to take hold on with the hand. It, it, uh, it is not, uh, it, nor, well, let me go back, that I have attained it, nor were already perfect. But I follow after that I may call on a banner, right? Which means to take as one's own, right? Make it my own. It's not that I have attained it and made it my own yet. Uh, that for which I have been called a of Christ. Christ have, 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 have took me as his own. I'm trying to now uh, 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 grab as my own or for myself that which Christ has for me. He realized that he hadn't made it yet. Right? We're talking about a man. Christ, I mean, not Christ Jesus, but the Apostle Paul. He trusted in God's providential care for him in his ministry, he had received. In 2 Timothy 4, 18, he said, the Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and will bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. And then say to him, be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Paul demonstrated a balanced heavenly and earthly perspective. Let me tell you something I, you know, I've been thinking about. Balance is difficult to attain. And it's just as difficult to maintain, right? It's so easy for us to get unbalanced. You know, it's too easy for it's easy for us to get too heavenly minded that we're in earthly good. It's too easy for us to get too earthly minded that we're not we know we're not in heavenly good, right? We can't uh, uh, pray and and, and and pull things out of the spirit realm and have them manifested into the natural realm, when we are too earthly-minded, when we are found in the book of Ecclesiastes, everything we see is under heaven. We never look above heaven. When Colossians told us, if we are to complete this task, he said, if you be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. We have to have the right perspective of earth and of heaven. We got to have a balance uh, a balanced perspective. We can't be so so heavenly minded that we don't pay our brothers and sisters any attention, right? We can't be so heavenly minded that 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 we are uh, self righteous, holier than thou, right? Paul did not allow the distractions in any way 
uh, such as affliction and persecution, to get him off course. Remember, in the book of Timothy, he said, before, you, before he was to be beheaded, he said, I've finished my course. What course do you and I have? That we have uh, uh, maybe took a break, right? We stopped doing what God called us to do, right? We started out on fire and then we slacked up for some reason or another. We started out going to church faithfully, attending church faithfully during this uh, time of this pandemic, attending it online. We started out faithfully and then we, you know, drifted away. Go back and do the first work Jesus said. Listen to this. In 2 Corinthians 11, chapter verse 23b and through verse 29, Paul gave a list of the things that he suffered, that he faced, but he did not allow to uh, deter him or to get him off track. Listen to this. I'm closing. He was in prison on many occasions. He was whipped uh, times, uh, whipped uh, many times without number. In other words, you know, it's supposed to be, you know, 49 or whatever, but sometimes it's without number. He faced death again and again. Five different times the Jew, Jewish leaders gave him 30 lashes, 39 lashes. So that means that the 39 lashes, which was the five times, that helped him by the Jews. Then it was other places where it was without number. Right? Three times he was beaten with rods. Once he was stoned. Now tell me, where would you call uncle? <laughs> I'm sorry. But listen to this list and ask yourself, you know, my God, could I endure this? He was stoned. Three times he was shipwrecked. Once he spent a whole night and a day adrift in the sea. And I think that's the account we have. He traveled on many long journeys. He faced dangers from rivers and from robbers. He faced dangers from his own people, the Jews, as well as from the Gentiles. He faced dangers in the cities and in the deserts and in the sea. Now remember, rivers and seas, different bodies of water. So uh, either way, he tried to travel. He faced dangers from men who claimed to be believers, but were not. He worked hard and long, enduring many sleepless nights, he said. He suffered hunger and thirst and often went without food. He, he, he stated that uh, he shivered many times in the cold, not having adequate clothing to keep himself warm. Right? He, uh, uh, and then he said, on top of all this, it was his concern for the upkeep of the church. And on top of all of this, now, saints, listen, we came down to where this man said that he go bound in spirit. Listen to all these things that this man suffered. And yet, he was bound willingly in spirit to go to Jerusalem. Some of us say, well, if the spirit of God would have been speaking to me in every place in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let everywhere be extravagant, you know, we'll get spiritual. <laughs> so I wouldn't have went. No, the Holy Spirit didn't tell him not to go. He just told him what was going to happen. See, the Apostle Paul knew. Uh, 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 he was sensitive enough to the Spirit 
where he realized the Holy Spirit wasn't saying not to go, he would just let me know what was going to happen. And so the Apostle Paul realized that he could not complete his task or his 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 his, his work, uh, you know, apart from persecution. It was going to happen. And I'm telling you, you and I, we cannot finish our task without persecution. We cannot finish our task without uh, facing some kind of hardship. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Lastly, I believe it is safe to say the path that Paul traveled to complete a task is found in the book of Revelation chapter 12, verse 1. They triumphed over him, Satan, by the blood of a lamb and by the word of their testimony. Into this, And they did not love their lives so much that they were afraid to die. They got sinking. The only way you and I can complete our task, our assignment in the body of Christ, and in the kingdom of God, is to, is to deny ourselves. Remember Jesus said, this was the First and foremost for disciples, if any man will come after me, he said, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. The order, and many times in Scripture, is so important. We first have to deny ourselves. In order for the Apostle Paul to complete his task, he had to deny himself. In order for us to complete our task, we have to deny ourselves. We're going to stop right there. We're going to give it out to call it a particular time. Listen, if anyone under the sound of my voice, first of all, I want to um, open the altar up, wherever you are. If you um, are one that has shrinked back for whatever reason, we're going to pray with you right now. And then afterwards, we're going to pray with those who don't know Christ, but you want to get to know him, right? Let's pray. Father God, it's in Jesus' name that we come. We thank you for your loving kindness and for your tender mercy. Father, we thank you that uh, you have given your son for us as a uh, pleasing sacrifice to draw us unto yourself. And we thank you for the love that you have uh, given unto us in him. Now we ask, Father, that you would look upon each one under the sound of my voice. Father, who's coming because they, 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 they just feel that they have struck back. They just feel that they haven't given it their all. They just feel that they have let discouragement uh, uh, get them off course. They just feel that they have let uh, uh, life get them off course. We pray for them right now in the name of Jesus, that you would touch their heart, that you would... Uh, Ignite that fire in them, Holy Spirit. Reignite that fire in them, that passion. Many of them, that, that passion they had when they first got saved. Uh, uh, you talk to many of them, they can tell you about that, that passion again. Bring it back. Bring it back. And I pray, Father, that you would give them the know-how, how to keep the flame to go, uh, to keep the flame going, to fan the flame constantly. Oh God, especially in the times that we're living in, our flame has to be fanned continually. We pray for them, Father, that you would uh, receive them, oh God, that you would uh, use them again uh, uh, in your service, that you would give them uh, the, both the will, oh God, and the, and the anointing 
to complete the task that you have uh, called them uh, to. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Next, we want to pray for uh, anyone who do not know Christ. Uh, you've never been saved before. Uh, and I'm talking to uh, unbelievers, um, agnostics. Um, agnostic is someone who says, oh, I believe, but uh, I don't believe. So I'm all, sort of on the fence. We want to get you off that fence, right? So uh, we're, as we're saying to you right today, if you want to receive Christ, see, because a lot of things about Jesus you won't know until you come in, right? You won't know until you come in. So we're asking you to come in, to see Christ as your Lord and Savior. And I promise you that your life would never be the same, right? We're going to ask that God would uh, receive you. I'm going to ask that you repeat it, repeat after me. Let's pray. Father God, in Jesus' name, I thank you for your uh, for your sacrifice, sacrifice that you uh, gave your son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I acknowledge that I am a sinner. I don't know you. And in acknowledging that I'm a sinner, I'm saying that you are right, oh God. And so we just ask in Jesus' name that you would save me tonight. Sanctify my heart. Father, I confess my fault before you. And I ask you that you would save me. I give my life to you. It's in Jesus' name. Oh God, we believe that Christ died, was buried, and was resurrected. For your word says that if anyone confess with their mouth, believe in their heart, that you have raised Jesus from the dead, they shall be saved. So anyone who have confessed Christ as Lord tonight, we thank you, Father, that you have saved them. And we ask in Jesus' name that you would keep them by your grace, by your mercy. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Once again, we want to thank you for tuning in. Tomorrow night, tune in, and we're going to have a good time in the name of the Lord. Amen. Thank God for that powerful word coming from Elder Hoskins. We pray that you have been touched by the word of the Lord tonight. Uh, before we end the service tonight, we want to give the opportunity to anyone who's on, who's watching us via Facebook Live, or if you watch us following this on YouTube and you come to this point in the service, if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior and your Lord, I want to give you that opportunity to do that tonight. If you know that you're a sinner, you can't save yourself. Jesus died on the cross for your sins. You deserve death. I deserve death for my sins. But Jesus died in my place. He satisfied God's law that says the soul that sins shall surely die. Jesus took your place. He took my place in death to save us and to reconcile us to God. Apart from faith in Christ, there is no reconciliation. There is no relationship with God. And there is no eternal life of God. But with Christ, in Christ, we are saved. 
his shed blood on Calvary, purchase us, purchase our souls from the clutches of the enemy. Tonight, you can be saved. Tonight, if it's your will to receive Jesus as your Savior and your Lord, just pray along with me right now. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. I cannot save myself. But Lord, I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. You took my place in death. You satisfied God's law on my behalf for me. Thank you, Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my life. Save me from my sin. I receive you by faith now as my Savior and my Lord. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. I yield my life to you. Amen. If you prayed that simple prayer, and that was an act of your will, and it has to be your will, not because you followed me in prayer. The Lord has saved you. But it's not simply getting saved. The Lord wants you to be his disciple. He wants you to follow him. So in order to follow him, you need to be connected with a Bible-believing church. You need to grow. You need to mature in the Lord. So write to us. Let us know your decision, and we will follow up with you. And we will either point you to a church in your area, or if you want to unite with us, we will follow up with you either way to begin this growth process. Now, if you're listening to me and you are a backslider or you've fallen away, you've become weak in the faith, you're not where you ought to be in the Lord. The Bible says, if we confess our sins, the Lord is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. He's the God of reconciliation. He wants to store you, restore you in your faith with him. He wants to reconcile you to him. So ask the Lord to forgive you. If we confess our sins, confess your sins to the Lord, but confess your backsliding, confess your falling away, confess your sins to the Lord and ask the Lord to forgive you. And the Lord will, we have that promise and rededicate your life to following him. Also write to us, let us know your decision so that we can follow up with you and help you grow as you've been restored to the Lord. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in. Tune in tomorrow night uh, for the second night of Holy Convocation. Good night.